0: Hi, and welcome to the Greenwood Tiffany podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany Page, and in this show, we'll explore topics of sustainable living, all aspects of health and wellness of people and planet, and how we're all interconnected. Join us on this journey to live better and more sustainably by improving our health, our families, and the world with the choices that we make. And welcome to the Green with Tiffany podcast. I'm Tiffany Page. And today we're speaking to Iris Almario. Hi, Iris. Hi. It's so nice to see you. I'm so happy you you could be here. Iris is an actress, a very good one, a host, a model, a social media queen. So good on social media. She is also an animal lover and advocate, which is what we're going to talk a little bit more about, and a friend. So welcome, welcome, Iris Almario. Thanks for being here, Iris. How are you? Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on. (laughs) I'm glad you could take the time. It sounds like you're very busy right now. You've got a lot going on all at once, and I know you're leaving to go abroad. So I appreciate you taking the time. I did something for you last night. I watched. I watched Tales of the Walking Dead, Ah, (laughs) and I say that because I like zombies. I mean, zombies (laughs) freak me out. Just you know, and I don't really like being scared anymore. I think that was more of like a teenage thing. But I was like, I gotta support, and I gotta see Iris in this, and uh, so I watched it, and I still don't like zombies. I know people love (laughs) zombies though, and I thought, well, that's gonna be a fun a fun gig for an actress, right? Cause you can just go, I mean, you're gorgeous, right? And your skin is oh, so sweet. beautiful. But you <laughs> can go in with your hair all matted up and, you know, circles under your eyes and like all the better for the part, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, thanks for all of that. You know, it's funny. I was, I was actually, um, I was on hold for a, a different show and tales of the walking dead, you know, called and said, Hey, Iris is in first position to, to, for network approval. And I thought, Oh, I'd love to be able to book both. Don't, don't we all just want to get everything? But, um, I'm like, if I had to, you know, if I could choose, I really hope that Tales comes through because it's just something I've never done before. Right. right? I've never really worked in horror and I'm right there with you as far as scary stuff. When I was a teenager, I was all about it. And now I'm just a scaredy cat. I really, really am. And you know, with, you know, with Halloween coming up and all of that, I and friends saying, "Let's go to a haunted hayride or this or that." Uh, I'm the first one to say no. I don't want to. Like I'll start screaming, even though I know they're actors. <laughs> and I just did it, but um, it was it was a lot of fun. I for a long time I couldn't for at least six months uh, because we shot that long ago. I had signed an NDA. I couldn't say anything about my character. And people kept asking me, uh, are you a walker? Because that's what they call the zombies on, uh, on Walking <laughs> Dead. And I was like, you'll have to tune in. Da, da, da. And, you know, you see the show and now I can talk about it. You know, I, I do eventually, I turn into a walker, but it goes back and forth in stories. So I do, the first scene I think is my character, Maria, walking as a walker. But it was fun to do all the prosthetics, you know? I've, I've seen other actors, uh, do projects like that. And I've always thought, I've always wondered what that's, you know, what's that like? Um, yeah, super cool. You were right there at the opening and,
0: uh, it was very cool, but I just like, ah, oh. and zombies are so weird. Like they're so slow and they're kind of undead. I'm like, what is a zombie? I even <laughs> looked it up because I'm like, I don't understand zombies. And, uh, it said it's from a Haitian folklore. And I was like, oh, anyway, I could see well, they had it to teach to me how
1: to walk. They have to <laughs> teach me how to walk like a walking dead walker because okay, it had, they have walk. a specific yeah you know cuz i was trying to do this walk and they said no 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 it's very specific it's like this and you know you put your shoulder down and then you got to drag your feet and like you twitch a little bit and you know they use these contact lenses um that you, you just can't see oh. you know and if it's daylight it's super foggy and what you see are just shapes So that's how you know not to bump into things. But the scenes that I were doing were pretty much in the dark. It was very dark. And I, you know, I had movement. I had, um, I had marks that I had to hit. I had to go to the right and on this line, go here or there. I couldn't see. So I had to take off the contact lenses and, you know, our director Deborah said, you know, in post, I'm just going to have to figure out your eyes.
0: Oh, that's very <laughs> trippy. I had no idea. But I did <laughs> notice a walk because I noticed your arm was kind of low and I was like, oh, she's got <laughs> like, she's kind of, you know, hanging to the side there. It was was, uh, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, it was really great and it was fun to watch you do that. Um, Well, I appreciate you watching because I know it's (laughs) not your
1: thing. So thank you. Thanks. (laughs)
0: You're welcome. But of course, we didn't bring you on to talk about, I love talking about your work, but I wanted to talk about your animal advocacy because what I've been sharing is all the information that I've discovered over the last pretty much year and a half, a little bit before as well. But it's hard to find your way, even me having a base of information with Lily, and it's a lot of it's trial and error, and which takes a lot of time and money. So what I did was bring forward kind of the best doctors that I found, and wanted to share that. So I wanted to bring you forward on mm-hmm. all that you've done and how you started with the being an animal lover and an advocate, and where you are now. So did you start in a shelter, or how did you how did you get started with what the work you do?
1: Um, I started as a volunteer at Best Friends Animal Society. Uh, here in Los Angeles. And basically what they do is they pull from the, the local shelters here. At Best Friends Animal Society is no kill. So they have a home there until they're adopted out. Um, but it's not a place where you can go and surrender a dog, just drop off a dog. You have to go to the shelters and it has to go through the system. And I didn't want to work at a local shelter because I know that LA is is kill. It's not a no kill city. I think there's that misconception that they don't, they don't put dogs down. I'm like, yes, they do. And I just didn't have the heart to volunteer work at a place where, you know, here today, gone tomorrow. And it's not always based on age or medicine. It's, it's really based on space. Um, and it happens a lot. So, I ended up at best friends animal society. I wanted to be part of the, the kitten feeding team and that didn't work out because as soon as I went into the kitten enclosure, my throat started to close up, but I broke out of knives and I'm allergic. I'm allergic to animals. And a lot of people don't know that. So, uh, uh, so to cats thing.
0: as well as dogs. I'm allergic to cats, but not usually dogs.
1: Yes. I'm allergic to cats. Yes. And so uh, I thought, Oh no, what am I going to do? And so I, I, you know, I love, I love dogs and I thought, okay, well, can I be on the small dogs team? You know, I didn't have the confidence back then to deal, to, to work with uh, bigger dogs. That's not the case now. I work with all types of dogs and different shapes and sizes and all that. And I absolutely loved it. And then from there I went to another rescue and they have a counterpart in, uh, in China. And so I flew there and i volunteered there and ended up bringing back four dogs with me three from a slaughterhouse and my dog who was a stray i was a, a foster failure coco yes Aww. and uh you know for those who don't know cuz i sometimes post her on my I, uh, my instagram but she is special needs she has um erosive arthritis rheumatoid arthritis and she can't walk but she gets a vip ride on my shoulder so my shoulder <laughs> shot but she's living a, living life she's living her best life <laughs> And then when I, you know, left there, I ended up uh, co-founding, co up own, a nonprofit, right? yes, yeah, yes, with with you. you know the few of the women that I was working with, um, Valerie Inello, yeah, and Sienna <laughs> Kang, and we came up with WUFa, which stands for Women United for Animal Welfare. So, but what we do, because people think we're a rescue and we're not a rescue. We don't have a physical space to bring dogs in. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we partner up with um, organizations locally and abroad and basically help assist them with their rescue efforts. So that might look like setting up spay and neuter programs, fundraising for them. Sometimes we will have dogs come overseas to LA and we'll find fosters and adopt them out. Um, so it's, it's a little bit of everything. And if we can educate, we do that as well. So It's a different, there's so many different types of activism. And this is the one way that we, this is how we fit into the big puzzle of rescue
0: and animals. Which is so needed. I mean, not everyone can just pick up and go. You're going to Cambodia and Vietnam. Like how does that come about (laughs) to go to that area versus a different area?
1: Well, it's to visit our partners overseas. And we have partners in uh, Vietnam, Cambodia, uh, Thailand, uh, China, Puerto Rico, Turkey, South Africa. So uh, right before the world shut down, we had already had been talking about um, going to uh, Vietnam and Cambodia and helping out there because we do uh, fundraise at a spay and neuter programs on the weekends and locals will come with their dogs. And it's really nice to see because there is the dog meat trade is very real. It's on the menu. So to see people love their dog, like family and care about their well-being and bring them to these, you know, wellness clinics to get their parasite treatment and getting them spay and neutered. We've also helped open up the very first international vet clinic in Vietnam. So that will be our first stop when we head out next week. We're going to Vietnam first and then we then we end up in Cambodia before we head back. And people are asking, are you going to bring dogs? Are you going to bring dogs? And I don't think that's not the plan to bring back dogs. And that wasn't the plan when you know we went to China. Valerie Inello, who's the um, president of WUFa, but then we ended up bringing back four dogs. So <laughs> I don't know. We'll see.
0: Oh my gosh! And who takes care of your babies? I know you're you're taking care of a, a second dog right now too. Who takes care I of babies I am.
1: Now? Well, it's funny because I've got Coco, who I have just talked about, and um, I have a sitter for her, who I love and trust, and Coco loves her, and it just gives me a peace of mind because anytime I need to go out of town, especially for work, let's say Tales of the Walking Dead, I was gone for three weeks and that happened so quickly. So I thought, ah, oh, you know, I just, I didn't want to go online and see who could take care of my dog. No, she's, she's great. And then I have dual custody with my mom of Snowflake, which is a cute little Maltese. <laughs> she's Aww. with my mom. And then I've got Louie in the house. He just passed out a Frenchie, his parents, you know, my friends, they're, they're off in Italy, but they'll be back soon. So I said, yes, of course I'll take, take care of him. But sometimes I end up, fostering some of the rescues that come into WUFA. They'll go, Iris, can you foster? I'm like, yep, let's do it.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so fun. That's so good. I would probably definitely be a foster fail. I have a friend who takes care of dogs. They, she takes in the dogs when they're pregnant. So they have the babies. Oh, and yeah, then yeah. when they started to get a little bit more, you know, a little older then she, they go to another foster and then they try to adopt out. But i was like I'll fall in love with every single one of them. What would I do? It's hard. But, so I commend people that are able to do it, and I'm so happy that you are. And I wanted to ask you though. So you said you, you know, you had gone to to China and the dog meat trade. I don't want to get too far into what you've seen, but how how were you able to mentally prepare for that and and see what you saw and I, that's got to well, be Well, so
1: when I went to China with Valerie, we were both very clear that we did not want to go to a slaughterhouse. You know, so. We didn't see that. Okay. You know, we basically worked at the shelter. There were about 350 dogs at the time. That's where Coco uh, came from. So we were very busy during the day, but you know, it is on the menu. It's really interesting how something like the Yulin festival. And for people who don't know, it happens on summer solstice, you know, once a year, June 21st, it's 10 days of a cat and dog meat eating festival. It's horrific, but there are a lot of people in China that don't even know about it. I guess they're, you know, it's a communist country. They control what comes in and out of the country, and as well as the information that comes in and out of different regions. But yeah, when it when it comes to the dog meat trade, I just, I've seen enough videos. I'm trying to do my part. And there's just, there's rescuers can actually go into slaughterhouses and rescue. I commend them, but that's, that's not me. I can't just. Yeah.
0: Very heavy, very heavy. I, um, yeah. I think about just the shelters in general, just on, just even here in the States, I I wouldn't be able to do that as well. And so there are people that do it and they are, you know, they're great for doing it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's pretty wild. I mean, I've worked with, since I left best friends animal society, for the most part, I've worked with dogs that from the dog meat trade. So I've seen, you know, the, the post the trauma. And I remember this one dog, honey, it took about took about almost two years to rehabilitate her. She was so skittish. She was scared about everything, everyone, every noise. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, And some of them are scared of men because it's men who are, you know, working in the slaughterhouses. Mm. They can get triggered for anything. It's And this is a different place. I mean, it's safe, but they don't know when they first arrive. And I remember being the head of the volunteer coordinator and we would coordinate, you know, volunteers to go to the airport and pick them up after a 20 hour flight. And some dogs would just want to bust out of their crate, you know, like stretch out their legs and others would cower in the back of their crate. And we'd give them time and space to come out on their own. But I remember this one time there was just one that just would not come out. It was a long time. And we just gently tipped it a little bit just to guide it out and then shut shut the crate so it had to engage so it had to be with everyone else and and you know it works out every single dog is different and you know i don't know it drives me nuts because some people you know want a dog to react in a certain way and they're like oh this dog is damaged goods or or, this dog is you know off. you know, must come from must be sick. And I go, no, you know, they have personalities just like people. And some dogs are really energetic and uh, very social and other dogs are a little bit more withdrawn and just kind of hang out and that's okay. So we can talk about adoption later, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Sure.
0: Yeah. People used to think that Lily they're like, what are you, is she on some kind of sedative? Cause she'd be, when she was mellow, she was super mellow. Like they thought she was on like Valium or something. I'm like, no, she's
1: just chill. And
0: then when she wasn't chill, she was, yeah, she was the exact opposite for sure.
1: I, I have to say really quickly, I don't know if the if you can pick up Louis, the, the French, he's, he's, he's knocked out. He's, It's he's snoring.
0: Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, yes, I did it. I was trying to think, is that coming from next door? What am I hearing? I can totally hear this, this low hum in the
1: background. <laughs> That's great. Oh, my God. So cute. I can't wait to tell my friend when I get back. I'm like, oh, he was on a podcast, by the way.
0: <laughs> Just a little sound of a little like snore in the background while we're talking about pets. That's oh so God. great. I yeah, love he's out like light. <laughs> <laughs> so you need supplies as well for this trip. Is that right?
1: We do, we do. Um, we have an Amazon wish list up and if you go to um, our website or, or even our social media, our website is www.wufaw.org. Again, it stands for Women United for Animal Welfare and we have our Amazon wish list link posted on there. Uh, if you go to Instagram, it's wufa uh, underscore official. And in our bio, there's um, a link tree. And so you just click on that and it'll uh, show up two different Amazon lists, what we need for Cambodia and what we need for Vietnam. Um, we've been gathering donations because, yes, we definitely need medicine and medical supplies and all these other things. And we were packing up you know, our suitcases the other day as far as donations, and we we still need some more things. And yeah, it would, any little bit helps really. So you're taking all that with you. So well, with Amazon, of- I think they just, well, some of that comes to us and we, we pack it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we can bring quite a few suitcases and there's three of us that are going from here. three co-founders, Valerie, Anello, Kiana Kang, myself. And then um, we have uh, a vet who is coming from Oregon and meeting us there, so we're very excited about that because she's going to be doing surgeries, just things that they can't do over there. But you know, bringing the supplies and the expertise, she can take care of.
0: So fantastic! And you're so good, great with your social media. I mean, everything <laughs> you need to know. I'm, I, I, I really need to follow in your footsteps. I'm, I'm not. It's
1: a, so much work. I assistant. really appreciate that because I don't think people realize how much work. And I just remember I had gathered all this content you know behind the scenes stuff for uh, Tales of the Walking Dead and I held on to it and I kept thinking I really need to brainstorm because once this rolls out it's you know timing is everything I can release all this stuff and I'm thinking what's the trending audios and the transitions and how do I keep this interesting with the captions and and it's just, it's a, it's a lot it's of, a it's a lot, lot.
0: of work. <laughs> and you're so good at it. So I know how much work goes into it for sure. And so well, I watch, and I, and I don't, I haven't seen you so often lately, you know? And so yeah, it's a way yeah. to keep up and I get to see what you're doing and you just look like you're just so busy. You've got so much going on at all times. So I don't know how you balance thanks. it all. So but
1: it's definitely a juggling act, but, um, yeah, no. Well, I'm glad that someone's watching the social media and that they're and that they're enjoying it because it does take a lot of work. And sometimes I go, does anybody care? <laughs> but I also know that, you know, as as an actress, let's say you can't be a secret. So I definitely need to just stay on people's radar. And then also, you know, I, I like that people now find out about WUFA and then help. And so it's, it's great.
0: Yes. You've got a great voice out there. It's so important. And so yeah, I do. I love following it and I love seeing everything that you're doing and it comes <laughs> right into my feed all the time. So oh yay. it's not Thanks. for nothing. Uh, I definitely <laughs> see it. So I don't know. I'm not the only one, um, but speaking about work. So there was another job that you did, uh, that I really enjoyed called flipped and it's on <laughs> Roku originals. And yeah. what's so cool about it, I mean, the top, the the concept itself of this particular show, I thought was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I loved the short format. I just I'm totally into that and I hope they move forward with that. And so what I got out of it was here's a perfect example. I watched Tales of the Walking Dead last night. Yeah. You know, and I was gonna go to bed shortly after. I'm like, oh God, I have to watch something <laughs> light, right? Because I don't like to go to bed with that kind of like heavy. You know, kind of like dark stuff. The energy. Yeah. The energy. So I want to sleep well. Or if you're watching local news, that's never fun to watch either. So Mm. can you watch something light? Or if you have a quick, you know, time for a little lunch break or something, if you're working from home, you know, you can put on one of these shows and they're only like eight to 10 minutes and it's a full show with great production value and it's it's fun. And so you were in this one called Flipped. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about that. It's great.
1: So Flipped was, it was so fun. And, um, you know, our, our call sheet read like who's who in Hollywood, you know, I I got to work with Will Forte and Caitlin Olson and Eva Longoria and Andy Garcia. It was just, you know, and they were all wonderful. And I think it was probably easy for them to fit this into their schedule because it's short form, right? Eight to 10 minutes an episode. Um, I remember going on set and it was just like any other production. It was a gorgeous house in Malibu, you know, all the, all the equipments and this all-star talent and everybody was just, you know, always happy and grateful to be working. Um, and it was just, it was a, and it's a comedy. So it was really funny, you know, to work with these guys.
0: (laughs) It's so fun. I really, I, you know, like you said, the same amount of production value and the time and everything goes into it the same way. It's just condensed Mm -hmm. for people who don't really have a lot of time or want to just watch something quickly. So anyway, I really like the concept. I I hope they move forward.
1: I I hope so too. I I like that Roku picked up, flipped and you know, it's talking about going to sleep and just being in, in better energy all mm-hmm. before going to bed, I'll like jump on YouTube and look at, you know, dog or cat videos. <laughs> so to mix it up going on Roku and doing these, you know, watching these short form stories is also a great way to yeah. kind of, you know, and then, and I'm just going to plug flip. It's funny guys. So if you haven't seen it, (laughs) check it out.
0: So funny. Now I know an actress always wants to, it's just all about the work and trying different things and you'll be a zombie and you'll do a comedy. Do you have something like a genre that you really enjoy more than another, or, you know, you'd like to see yourself go down that path? Is there comedy or drama?
1: I, it's interesting because I, I love drama. (laughs) I do but I tend to book comedy and I go, well, really? (laughs) I don't think I'm funny, but, but so, but I, I love it all. I mean, you know, with this tales of the walking dead. Wow. It was amazing. And let me tell you something, that fan base is really loyal. Yes, Uh, Yeah. You know, with the comic cons and all that. And, but yeah, I was so,
0: I was so wild to me. I just, I was like, what people just love zombies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They dress up in all these crazy costumes. I haven't been to comic con But, you know, I've seen it, you know, like on my feed when it comes up. But yeah, I do. I do love, love drama. And I love, I love thrillers, you know, like watching them and, you know, I'm sure being in one would be fun too. But I mean, I've done, you know, a little bit of everything. I feel I've done drama. I've done comedy. Now horror,
0: you know, so.
1: Which is a very big genre. I love working and I, you know, work begets work. So.
0: Absolutely. And that's funny you say that because. Uh, when I was doing more acting, I actually love comedy and got booked for more drama. I'm like, I want more comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so what what's next? So you're going away for 10 days to Cambodia, yes. Vietnam.
1: Yes, we're going away for 10 days. I don't know what to expect. I've never been there. I know it's really hot. Um, and hopefully we'll, we'll um, create some space on, on our schedule to do a little bit of touristy stuff um, because I remember when we went to China, uh, you know, we were basically at the rescue every single day. We would be exhausted by the time we got back to the hotel. It was just enough to take a shower, eat, and just pass out. And do it all over again the next day. And uh, and towards the end of that trip, I remember looking at Valerie. I'm like, Are we gonna like sightsee, do something before we go? You know. And so that's how we ended up at the Great Wall of China and Tiananmen Square. The last like 48 hours or 72 hours. So I'm hoping that we get a little bit of touristy downtime when we go.
0: Yeah, that would be great. Also, just to decompress a little bit from everything that you're going in to see and do. It's nice yeah. to have that for yourself. Well,
1: well, we'll be we'll be at the rescues and, you know, they, they do spay and neuter days. Um, we'll have our vet with us as well. So she's going to be doing surgeries. I don't know if we're scrubbing in, although I have scrubbed in surgery here in LA. Um, And that's interesting. That's just a whole other world. You go girl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be posting on my Instagram. So I'll give you guys updates, you know, and also we'll, I think we're going to visit the monks. There's a lot of strays there. So we'll help however we can. that will be, be interesting.
0: That'll be really great. You know, many years ago, I was in Taipei and that was my first time. Well, no, i had been to, to Tokyo. and But in Taipei, uh, there were a lot of strays on the street and they kind of lived their life with everybody else. So they would stand at the corner and they would wait to cross the street with everybody. They were just among the community and they acted as if they were, you know, like people in a sense, like, you know, they did their own thing and they were just part of the they were independent. They were independent. And it was so bizarre. They'd be standing at the street. You know, you're waiting across the street with the signal and they would cross with you. And then you'd see <laughs> a whole family on a moped. So it'd be, you know, a husband, wife, a child and a dog. And all of them are on a moped just scooting by. I was like, this wow, is the strangest thing I've ever seen. That, that was their. That was the lifestyle there.
1: Well, I do hear there are a lot of strays there. So I don't I don't know if it's ambitious for us to try to do a catch and release, you know, spay and neuter, because that's one way to help, uh, you know, control the, the population. Right. Um, I don't think that people realize that when you don't spay and neuter, especially those strays that are out there, it's it just multiplies and it adds to the problem. You know, you can't even take care of the animals that, you know, are already here and then you're bringing in more. And with every pregnancy, it's not, you know... Like when humans give birth, it's usually one child, unless they're twins, you know, you're getting seven puppies in one shot, right? you know, and sometimes the mom is sort of left behind because everybody falls in love with the puppies and it just breaks my heart, you know? So
0: yeah, this last that was- dog that my friend took in, I was just visiting a couple of weeks ago and she had five puppies and she was taken away by somebody witnessing the, the mama being abused. Uh, So they took her away and she had no teeth, no teeth. And her tongue was really Uh long and it was hanging out of her mouth to the ground. But I fell in love with the mama. I fell in love with the mama. And I was, I've been thinking about her. She's a little bit bigger than well, a lot bigger. It wouldn't be as, you know, not as easy to scoop up and go. Um, And I don't know that I'm ready yet, but I do. She's on my mind a little bit. She's still still with her babies though. She's still, she's not ready to,
1: to she's still nursing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I mean, I like that you noticed the mom. Yeah. yeah.
0: I can see how people fall in love with the puppies though.
1: Yeah. But I, you know, people, gosh, I have to just say uh, puppies are a lot of work. And if you don't have the time, do not get a puppy. You know, you have to housebreak them and they're teething. They're going to get into stuff when you're not looking or even when you are looking. And if, you know, if you're not home to really train them or to take them out and socialize them, you know, you're just sending yourself for a really uh, challenging time. You know, you having a puppy uh, is a big, big responsibility.
0: Yeah. That's really, you know, sometimes advice. these
1: older dogs are, they've already been trained. They're fine. It's just, it's easier. Uh, so I think that people really need to do their research before they go and adopt. So and true. not just adopt because a dog is, oh, it's so cute. And well, do you have the time? Do you have the finances? Does it match your same energy level? Are you getting a dog that's, you know, super energetic that needs that, those daily walks? And it's not just a 20 minute walk, but maybe a, an hour hike. Yeah.
0: There's These are very good questions to pose to people because... Yeah. I don't think people think about that. And there are so many different levels of a pet that you can get uh, all say all shapes, sizes and colors and ages. So that is something to think about for sure. When you got Coco, do you know how old she was when you got her?
1: You know, I didn't. It's funny because I brought her to the States and the very next day I took her to a bone specialist because honestly, we didn't know if she had a broken bone or a fracture because she, w- she wasn't moving and it turned out that she had neither and that it was a rose of arthritis. So I asked, how old do you think she is? And she's like, Oh, she's probably like seven. And she was half the size she is now. And I go, there's just no way. I think she's seven now. And she's been with me for five years. She was, she was really tiny. She was really tiny. So I don't know. She's passed out, but she's not snoring. <laughs> That's
0: Louie. Yeah, I'm just gonna uh reiterate that the little hum that you might be hearing when you're listening to this in the background is a Frenchie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little light snore that I hear in my in my headphones. Really
1: funny. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Uh, I was telling you that this before we started. I was in a vehicle, I was sitting shotgun when this uh puppy, this dog just ran out to the middle of the street. It literally paused right in front of our our car. And, uh, I started yelling, I said, stop the car, stop the car. And I jumped out screaming bloody murder because it was all the, all these cars. And, you know, she just ran into traffic and she was zigzagging and, you know, I squatted down and I, you know, I gently called her, I said, Oh, come here. And she stopped and she turned her head. She looked at me and then she came right over, but still keeping a little bit of distance. And I just knew I had to grab her. Otherwise she would just take off again. And there was just no way I could get her. I was able to grab her and. I asked around, anyone, does this, you know, does she belong to anyone? Does anyone know her? No, I don't know. I don't know, whatever. And I remember walking into one of the stores uh, close by and uh, there was an employee, uh, this young girl, and she just kept looking. I just got this feeling, I think she knows something. She's just not saying anything. And I said, Do you recognize this dog? And she went, Yeah. I said, Can you tell me about her? And she's like, Oh, I don't know. She's just been, she's from the street. She's been out there for a while. And I said, Well, what's a while? a few weeks, a few months. And she's like, she's been out there for weeks. I don't know. And so, you know, we have the responsibility to try to find an owner and uh, we, we never did, you know, uh, nothing at the local shelter no flyers. No one was looking for her. So I, I, I was very close to becoming a foster failure. I really fell in love with her and we, and we bonded right away and she bonded with Coco. So it just goes to show, I mean, this dog who was you know, described as oh, I don't know, she's a street dog, is now with a family that adores her.
0: I love you
1: that. You yeah, and I go, wow. You know, it's so interesting. These two very different perspectives of like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, just leave me alone. She's out there eating garbage, and then you have this family that they bought her this this queen bed. <laughs> it's a, actually, it's a tiara, <laughs> <laughs> and she's and she's just so sweet. We're really happy.
0: Yes, living her best mm-hmm. life. That makes me so yes. happy is it that that dog
1: found the right person, right? Right in front of well, your My car. friend that was with me said, "Oh, well, <laughs> she has no idea. He you knows she just kind of hit the lotto." <laughs> Actually, Valerie's husband said that about Coco uh, when I brought her back from China. He said, "She just won the lottery." <laughs> <laughs> And I said, we both did because she's great. I, I adore Coco. Whenever I can take her on set, I do, you know? Oh, sometimes you're able to? That's awesome. Yeah. Sometimes I'm able to. And it's funny because when I host this the particular client, you know, it's like these guys are these big guys, like they're dudes. And then as soon as I walk in with Coco, they go, oh my God, look at this little girl. And I'm, I go, who are you right now? Because you are, they were all, it's all dude talk and Hey, you know, this happened this week, blah, 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 And then I walk in and they're just, you know, their voice changes and they want to just hang out with her and see if she's okay. And I really think sweet.
0: Lily was a great um, barometer of people and their disposition, because if somebody, if I walked by somebody on the street and they didn't smile at her and they had a scowl on their face that's a person you would want to keep away from because she just brought so much joy to so many people and animals in yeah. general do. So if you don't smile at a sweet little baby's face, I mean, yeah.
1: I don't know. That's a yeah. tough one. Oh, Lily. Yeah. They're just, they're so sweet. And when I was volunteering at a, a shelter here, we had this program where we would bring dogs to a local nursing home. We also brought them to schools so it was a great way they're, they're, they're kind of therapy dogs, even without being like official therapy dogs, they bring such joy and they just pick up on energy. So if you're going through it, they're kind of going through it with you and they're licking your face and just saying, Hey, it's okay. Come back to me. It's really, you know, you know,
0: That's so true. Uh, yeah, life with a little fur baby is just the best.
1: It's just the best. And yeah, I'm so happy for, and I didn't people. grow up with dogs because I'm allergic.
0: <laughs> right,
1: which is I so did, interesting. I,
0: so, when yeah. did you get your first? When did you get your first dog? Was Co- Coco was your first dog or no?
1: Well, you know what? I think I was two. I don't okay. remember, but my parents tell me that they had gotten us a dog. But I, I, I don't know why, I would always just pull on its tail and it was just traumatizing the dog. And they said, so they rehomed the dog. I was like, okay, well, thanks for giving the dog like a chance to be happy and calm and not deal with the toddler. Um, and then they, I think, got another dog and then they realized, oh, Iris is allergic. So I just grew up thinking, oh, I'm allergic and I just can't have animals And so my first dog as an adult is Snowflake and she's a Maltese. So I said, she's hyperallergenic. She doesn't shed. I went, oh, okay. But Coco is not a Maltese. I don't know what she is, Pomeranian something. She's a mix mix of all this stuff. Maybe I'll do a DNA thing. I've been saying that for years. (laughs) And, uh, but she doesn't doesn't shed. So it's just ironic that, you know, I'm a co-founder of this nonprofit that works with, with animals and I'm, I'm constantly around animals and I just take my allergy medicine and I'm with them outside. I just know that in an enclosed space, it can, you know, uh, trigger my allergies. That and people say, beautiful. wow, you must really love dogs that, you know, that even with allergies, you're you're willing to still work with them. I said, of course, they're amazing.
0: That is a big deal though. I, I haven't been around cats lately, but I used to get super allergic. Like my eyes would blow up and my, I mean, it yeah. was just unbearable. So you know, if people yeah. have cats, I can't go over their house. And my fiance's uh, mom has cats and she was a rescue for cats. And so at one time she had oh. 11 cats. Oh, that's a lot. Could, <laughs> I could not stay at her place. We'd have to stay at a hotel, that
1: kind of thing. So no, I it's real. I mean, I'll, it changes. I'll, t- I'll say this is on a personal note. Uh, I, I was, uh, I was dating someone we were living together and he had two cats. And, uh, it was fine because I was always, you know, out and about like auditions and teaching and rehearsing, whatever. But once quarantine happens, I was in the house and that's when it really hit me. And I ended up going to the the hospital twice thinking it might be COVID. I never got COVID. I'm going to knock on this. Hopefully that doesn't happen. And it was just allergies. And so, you know, I ended up having boundaries where the bedroom door was locked so they didn't get him, you know, on the bed because as soon as I would put my head on the pillow, I would, you know, throat closes up and the hives and the itchiness and the, you know, the red eyes. It's very real. Wow. That's a really
0: big deal. That, is, yeah, this is a true animal lover right here. I tell
1: you, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in that situation anymore, but you know, it's like, yeah, that's You just roll with it, the punches. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't ask you this
0: before, and I don't even know if you have anything that it's worth, you know, that you want to share because some people just are blessed with it. But you have the most oh, beautiful yeah, no, I mean- skin and it's so glowy. Like, what do you oh, do for that
1: skin? Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. Someone just asked me that the other day. That's so See? nice. <laughs> um, you know what? I. I started doing facials at a really young age. I really just started taking care of my skin. I definitely wear sunscreen. It does not matter if it's cold or if it's overcast. I have sunscreen on this face every single day. I'll wear hats, um, but you know, I go, I go to my girl Lucy. She's in Studio City. I'll give you her info so you can go to her. She's amazing. But I do switch it up with uh, micro needling and micro needling, just sort of pulls everything up and it's, and it's just, it looks like, you know, kind of like plump it's temporary. So if I've got something big coming up, I'd like to go to her. So it gives me that a little bit of a youthful kick. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm constantly, I'm just on top of skincare, you know, whether it's micro or microdermabrasion or oxygen facials and yeah. Okay. I try not to go to sleep with makeup on. I did that the other night and I sort of just it's never a comfortable sleep because I'm always thinking in the back of my head, I got make- I gotta gotta get up, gotta get up. Uh,
0: I do that a lot. I can't believe I'm even saying that. I, I have a, a girlfriend who's a makeup artist and she's like, that is the worst thing you have to wash your face. And it's just, I don't know, you know, my brother, when I was growing up, sometimes I would do it. And he, I would say, if I fall asleep with my makeup on, you have to get me up. And he would pull me by my ankles out of the bed. Go wash your face. Go wash your face. Oh. Of course, I don't have that now. <laughs> um, and, you know, I don't wear makeup every day, but even then you should probably still wash your face and, you know, do the yeah, way, I get you the know, debris history, yeah. exactly. And I, I don't. I'm terrible. So maybe that's why my
1: skin's not as (laughs) good. I'm going to be texting you. Did you take your makeup off, (laughs) Tiffany? (laughs) Well,
0: that's good. I haven't had an oxygen facial in years and years. I have done microneedling, but I haven't done it in a while.
1: So yeah, I'm going to- I think microneedling is where it's at for me. That really helps my skin. Just tightens up and I, yeah.
0: Well, it looks beautiful. So.
1: Well, thank you. Thanks, I'll tell thanks her. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. So yeah. Good. Well, with all those prosthetics on Tales of the Walking Dead, my skin did take a little bit of a beating. So as soon as I got back, the first thing I did was <laughs> go to Lucy so she could give me a facial. Yeah, I watched. They took it off with what, like shaving cream or something? Is that <laughs> yeah. what I saw? That is so yes. weird. Yeah, shaving cream. I don't know. It was shaving cream in your hair to make it look dirty, and then shaving cream to take the prosthetics off, okay. like scrape it off. They were. <laughs>
0: wow i definitely don't need shaving cream to make my hair look dirty i just don't wash it every day for like a week does it all on its own it's like magic
1: well you know if you wash it every day it's not good for your hair anyway you're supposed to let it go a few days so
0: i'm a dry shampoo, dry shampoo queen over here that's so funny i've never tried that that works oh oh my gosh i can't live without it and because i have very fine hair i sprinkle yeah. it all in and it kind of like Builds it a little, so it's a little fuller too.
1: So, oh. two benefits for me. <laughs> okay, good to know. I've been hair too; it's thinning as I get older. Gosh! Oh,
0: you can't ah. see that at all. <laughs> it looks great. Well, I'm I'm so excited for all that you do. I, I I I love following you. I love watching everything that you're encountering and all the great work that you do. And thank oh, you so thanks. much for everything you do for the fur babies. Ah, uh, thank you to, to recap just a little bit. Cause I know we talked about some things. I always like to talk about things to choose to care because that's kind of my motto and you can do that in every aspect of your life. So some things that were, you mentioned that were really great was, you know, know, uh, what kind of, pet you want or need, you know, like you said, uh, are you living in an apartment? Are you getting a big dog? You know, what kind of care can you give them? How long are they going to be left alone? You know, some of those things I think we talked earlier and you were saying, you know, if you live in this little apartment and you're not going to be going out for walks all the time, don't get a Husky. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There, there ends up, um, there ends up being a lot of, um, owner surrenders of Huskies at the, at the shelter. And it's just so, so unfair and unnecessary. You know, you have rescues that um, maybe have a little bit more time uh, where they can do home checks, but if you go to a shelter, um, it it doesn't always happen that way, right? Well, it doesn't happen like that at all. You go and you say, this is who I want, and you fill out the application, and you take it from there, and uh, then suddenly, you know, someone gets home with a new dog and they realize it's not acting in the way that they wanted to, it's withdrawn. And they wanted, you know, a dog that has more energy. And I was, you also have to give dogs a chance to adjust for sure. A little bit of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember taking this really long drive to um, a home check. We were supposed to start a trial because we like to do a one week trial and then check in and see um, how it's gone across the board for the dog and for the family. And if there's still the right fit or not. Um, And then we adopt out. And uh, so I get to this house and the dog was really nervous and ended up, you know, peeing in the kitchen. And, you know, the woman said, can you believe that it it wouldn't even go outside? It it peed in the kitchen. And I just went, Oh, this is not going, it's not starting off well. And so I said, you know what, this dog doesn't know where she's at. She's a little confused. It's new energy, new sights and sounds and smells. And, you know, just let it give her a chance to decompress. So, I there's just so much that needs to be considered before adopting an animal. It's not like, oh, I'm lonely, I just want to get a dog. No, there's, and you know, if you're working all day, that walk, they've been looking forward to it all day. So, if you're walking them and you're on your phone and you're not really paying attention to them and you're not bonding with them, it's just, it's a shame. And if you're rushing them back because you want to get back because you're tired, um, it's things we don't think about. So, I definitely want to put it out there, you know, they're not there to just when it's, when we need to play with them or when we need emotional support, you know, they are these little beings that, and we are their world. When they choose you as your person, you better step up.
0: <laughs> so true. Yeah. You give me all yeah. And that, you know, <laughs> I actually committed to that with Lily. I stopped taking my cell phone out for my walk. I just wanted to be completely with her on the walk, enjoying nature and connected with her. And it was oh. a really
1: good choice. Oh, so good for you. That's wonderful.
0: Really good yeah. advice. And then, you know, you were talking about shelter dogs, and some people, you know, they don't think it's the right fit for them, or they don't think they're going to find. They have a specific, you know, breed of dog that they want, and they don't think they're gonna be able to find it. I know there's a lot of pit bulls and chihuahuas. Luckily for me, chihuahuas—that's my breed. So <laughs> I'm sure I'll, when I'm ready, I'll have many to choose from. Which will well, be you
1: know, I I hear this all the time. People always say. Cause I say, you know, adopt, please, please don't, don't shop adopt. There's so many animals in need and I'll go, Oh, well, you know, the dog that I'm looking for is just an out there. It's just not out there. And there's so many rescues. If you're looking for a Maltese, then look at, uh, you know, Maltese rescues, just Google it. It'll come up. There's so many, you want a puppy. Okay. There are rescue puppies that are, that are looking for homes that are looking for their forever family. You just have to do the work. I, I just, I find it, it's annoying. (laughs) You know, it's annoying. It's I, you know, I just, I'm going to buy. And I said, well, why, why don't feed into this? You know, it's, you've got hundreds and thousands of dogs really that are being put down and you're shopping, you know, get them out. You know, they need the space and if they don't have the space, they're going to be put down. And that's the way it is. But people think, oh, they're putting them down because, well, you know, they're sick. They're putting down because they're old. I go, no, they're putting them down because they don't have space. That you could have a healthy dog be put down, and people are floored by that. They go, what are you talking about? I said, oh yeah, yeah. Like do do your
0: research. So happy you're educating on this because it's really important information to know. And they're so grateful, right? Pets that are rescued, they're so they know they're so they do they're so they do. I mean, Lily they wasn't do. typically, she wasn't a rescue, but in a way I feel she was, she was, I, I didn't mean to get a dog. It was you know, an accident. I know some people find <laughs> it that way as well. Right. Yeah. But she was from Florida and she was at a a puppy store called teacup puppies. She had been in a hurricane and had been moved. She had kennel mm. cough and I, res- mm. you know, I call, I call her my rescue and I got her at four months. And shortly after that, that store was shut down. So I don't know what oh, they were wow. doing with them. And she was a puppy mill. Um, dog as well. So, uh, you know, normally I wouldn't have done it that way, but that wasn't the plan. And it was my sister's neighbor who was like, you have to get a dog. You take to the little ones. You just And I've grown up <laughs> around dogs. I had big dogs uh-huh. growing up. We had an Alaskan Malamute. And then we had a crazy Labrador that someone handed to my brother and said, can you watch my dog for me? And never came back. So we got uh, that dog. Yeah. And, uh, and I can't <laughs> believe people do that. Like, that's just insane to me. Uh, I was going to say that
1: happens more often than not, actually. Yeah.
0: Wild. Yeah. You're wrong with human beings,
1: people. (laughs) They'll leave them at the vet. They'll leave them, uh, leave them, uh, right outside a a shelter's door overnight. They'll leave them in a box, leave them out in the street. It's just, it's crazy.
0: So that was two things. So shelter, you can find the breed you want, make sure that it's the, you know, you're ready for this type of dog, whatever the dog is that you could.
1: Yeah. And make sure you have a connection with the dog. Yeah. You know, because sometimes you'll walk into, uh, let's see, a rescue and you, through the pictures, you, you, you're you fixated on this one dog, but then there's no connection and then you connect with another dog. So be open to that. That is a good one. I really think, you know, they find you. They find you. They when, do. When the time is right, <laughs> they find you. So yeah, That's,
0: I just I just love the babies. I
1: love the fur babies, uh-huh. well, and I love that. I love that you do. I'm like you're my people. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't met a
0: dog I don't like. I just love them all. I do take to the little ones. I have to say, and you know, I yeah. love like being able to you know pop pop a little one in a bag and you know take them everywhere <laughs> with me. That makes yeah. You know, I, I I took I go get my facial. She'd come with me. She'd sit on my <laughs> my my tummy while I got my
1: facial. It's really fun. <laughs> Coco comes with me when I get my facials. My is my waxing, my hair done, like whatever. She comes with me.
0: <laughs> and do people say hi to Coco before they say hi to you? Because that's what. Well, I they say it. hi to her and they know
1: her name, but they don't know mine. <laughs> exactly. Isn't that and they'll funny? go, oh, she's the she's the woman with the dog in the back. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Iris. That's, you know. <laughs> but everyone's like, Coco, how's Coco? It's, it's funny when I go grocery shopping, uh, they'll go, where's, where's your dog? Where's Coco? And I go, are you serious? I just wanted to come, you know, uh, do my groceries. And they're like, no, you're not allowed here without her.
0: <laughs> so funny. I get, I get the same, it's the same thing. I love that. So there are, you know, everybody's a pet person when it comes down to it.
1: Yeah. Uh, LA it's, it's nice. It's very dog friendly here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm from the East coast, I'm from New York. And when I had my family uh, come and visit my brother, that was one of the first things he said, he said, wow, it's really dog friendly here. There's dogs everywhere. I said, Oh yeah. Yeah,
0: it is. And it, it took a while to get as dog friendly as it is now, if mm. I think about it. And I was on the East Coast. We were at Jersey Shore and okay. my mom brought her dog and we brought Lily. This was, I want to say, like 2006, six, seven, something like that. It was a while ago. And okay. I had uh, I got a stroller for my mom, a pink dog stroller. And we had the mm. dogs in the stroller and we were walking on the boardwalk there. We were getting looks. I was actually embarrassed. I was like, "Oh God!" I mean, everybody was looking at us like we were from Mars. <laughs> they had never seen dogs in strollers before. <laughs> and now, cut to now, and I I'm out in uh, Orange County sometimes at Fashion Island, which is an open oh, yeah. mall, and it's yeah. dogs galore. Like every third person has a dog stroller. I was like, "Wow! Oh, I found my
1: people." <laughs> <laughs> you started a movement. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so funny. So yeah, I love. I love it dog friendly. And up in, you know, one of my favorite places in Carmel is dog friendly as well. And they have a
1: dog beach and you can take your dogs. Oh, I've got to get that tip from you. That's good to know.
0: Oh, you have to go. And there's a restaurant, uh, not a restaurant, uh, a hotel that Doris Day was a co-founder in
1: Oh, um, oh.
0: the Cypress Inn. And we went to have dinner. We brought Lily and everybody had their dogs with them. And then some had big dogs and they were all sitting under the table. It was like a table of 10 people. I was like, this is the coolest thing. And some places will give you a dog menu shaped like a dog bone. I mean, just (laughs) too cool, too cool. I loved it. And you know, I'm already making a mental note that that's where Coco and I are going next. (laughs) (laughs) There There you go. I love it. It's great. Well, thank you, Iris. Continued success with everything you're doing. I'm I'm just oh, so happy thank you so come, much to watch your you flourish um with everything that you're doing. And thank you for taking care of the fur babies. And again, mm-hmm. if you're just tuning in, um woofah. Which is women united for animal welfare and you can get online they do need donations
1: of supplies uh, through the Amazon wish list and yes, we have our Amazon wish list for Cambodia we have our Amazon wish list for Vietnam uh, we're leaving uh, on the fifth October 5th Wow so uh, and we're gone for 10 days and uh, any little bit helps really. So it's on our website and I'll say that again www. W-u-f-a-w.org. Uh, We're on social media uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's WUFA uh, underscore official. Okay. Great. And the links are in our bio. Yeah.
0: Well, so, so continued success and have a great trip. Thank you. Very and same,
1: thank you. And I just want to, you know, give a shout out to you. Thank you for all the work that you're doing and raising awareness.
0: Oh, thank you.
1: For the environment and for the animals. It's really wonderful. It's nice that you're doing this and, you know, you have a presence on social media and you two come up on my feed. I'm like, oh, what's going on today? And I'm, I'm always learning from you. So thank you.
0: Oh, good. Thank you. Well, I truly <laughs> believe in one people, one planet, and the people mm-hmm. includes everything living. And so I just want to showcase that that is an umbrella over everything else that we do and it it all means something. And so they hold a special place. And if you haven't been a dog owner, your life will be changed forever. So a hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, I am on Instagram green with Tiffany and you can follow me there as well as green Iris Almario. You can find her on Instagram big time, uh, as well as irisalmario.com. And it's I-R-I-S-A-L-M-A-R-I-O.
1: <laughs> yes. Thank you. I always tell people my last name is two guys' names, Al Mario. Just put it together. Al Mario. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you so much, Iris, and have a great trip. Thank well, you. Good to see right. you. Good okay. to see you too. Take care. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to me. You can find me at greenwithsiffany.com and on Instagram. Till next time, choose to care.